it is called the silent killer because it is colorless, odorless, tasteless, and non-irritating. Literally, none of those things have to do with noise. Well, right. That's that's <laughs> why I don't get about the silent killer name. It would be a lot easier if carbon monoxide were colorless, odorless, tasteless, tasteless and non-irritating like, killer. Like, you hear that? Is that carbon monoxide? All right, let's go outside. And then th- even then I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be like, hey, there's carbon monoxide in there. My guitars and shit are in there. <laughs> are they going to be okay? Brunch, hit it, boys! Oh, boy. But do I, I have egg on my face. Why? I just walked all around the grocery store, freaking out, looking for one product. I was like, I just got this the other day. Where is it? I know you carry this product. I almost did a, can you go look in the back? Uh, I hadn't gotten that product from that grocery store. I got it from a different place. I had gotten it from Target. That's, uh, that's not a grocery store, I would say. I know. It has groceries, but not a grocery store. That's why I was freaking out. I was like, there's no way. This is where I get my groceries. This is where I got this item. Where else could I have gotten it? They don't have this item in other places. And I was like, ooh. What's this mystery product? Oh, you're looking at it, kiddo. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. You've been all, you've been all about those this week. Like, posting on Instagram, tweeting about it. Oh, yeah. Just making sweet, sweet love to the old retro butt-heavy cans. I was wondering how long we could go without... Uh, saying what we're actually talking about because we inadvertently did go maybe 35 seconds saying like yeah that's I think what we you went, were getting. i think if we went like another 15 seconds people would have been like fucking furious which makes me mad that i've revealed what it was yeah you you shot your wad um these these man i mean as has been posted on various social media platforms, platforms. no fleets though you haven't posted a fleet about them Oh, shit. I mean, what, what happens if you break a blood oath? Do you die? I think so. I think that's the rules. The other I person th- that you shared blood with gets to kill you. That is a Blumhouse movie. <laughs> yeah. Blood oath? Blood, blood oath. oath. Yeah, hell yeah. Blumhouse is so good at naming the movie what it's about. <laughs> they really are. And they're, Countdown. They're, <laughs> Panic they're so room. Good. Or so escape good. room. So good at uh, just, like, taking an idea of something just like a a very specific basic thing and being like movie and we're naming it that's very specific basic thing right dangerous street it's like oh man (laughs) everything on that's about (laughs) everything on that street is dangerous (laughs) (laughs) ah shut out blumhouse shut out uh shut out budhouse though because that's what i'm in right now i'm just in a i'm just in a sea of Retro retro is incorrect because it's not Budweiser cans never you look called, like this. You called it a retro can. I don't know what it's called. I don't think I could. Did I call it that? Yeah, you called it like I love retro cans, so I love this one, and that's what I thought. That was my thought. I was like, I don't think they had those back in the day. I don't it's think like, I said. It's like look. An, it's like an ugly sweater Bud Heavy can, basically. Right. I thought that I said I love Bud Heavy. Which I mean, you you got to take what I'm saying with, with a grain of salt. I mean, I've had I've had four sips of a Bud Heavy out oh, of a said, potentially uh, retro Bud can. Heavy and nostalgic cans? Question mark. Yep. So like nostalgic cans basically means to me like it's a retro can. 
Right. I mean, it is nostalgic, though. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it features nostalgic art, but it certainly doesn't. Uh, retro. People don't know what retro means. I learned recently what it means. It means hearkening back to something in the recent past, I think, Ooh. unless I've gotten this what? wrong. Right. So like retro means, but, but recent past can mean whatever you want. Like That's you can true. say retro, retro for us, I think is nineties, mm-hmm. but sixties, that's where you get into vintage territory. I don't know. Like 60, like sixties could still be retro because that still could be considered recent history. Depending on how old you are. On like, or just even based on like the history of the earth. No, like, oh, that's true. That's in true. relative to like the dinosaurs, I was the just 1960s are, are uh, recent history. I was just about to say, like, if you're talking about like certain dynasties and then you get into like, oh, and then 1960, like you're talking about the present, you yeah. know, you're talking yeah. about ages that were thousands of years, hundreds of thousands. Of, how long is the world? Uh, 55 years? Yeah. I, there. Something like that. When you get into the 60s, <laughs> which definitely wasn't 55 years ago. <laughs> which the 60s which is definitely uh less than 55 years ago if our math is correct the few olympic cycles right the 60s the 60s went away for a few olympic cycles now they're coming back man 60s i i follow multiple mad men meme accounts i'm so weird with what i follow i try to not get into like which accounts certain people follow and who gives a shit if somebody follows a, a bajillion Twitter accounts or a bajillion Instagram accounts. But I follow a lot of meme accounts, which I didn't, I didn't think would be part of my life. But in, Instagram, I follow a lot of meme accounts. Shane got me into one that uh, I saw you reshare after I shared, which is Camp Good Boy. Yeah, I still don't know what that is, but I, I only saw the one meme and I was like, that is a fantastic meme. He posted one. Yeah, yeah. He posted one and I was all about it. And he was like, hey, just a heads up. If you're into that one, just follow that dang account. It's all, I guess I was going to say it's, it's not like, even popular. It has like, like 700 followers. That's why I thought you like knew that person. You just assume that it's Miles. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my friend Miles, uh, my friend Miles is like a, uh, a, a more functioning Kramer. He like, <laughs> yeah. He uh, is just capable. He's like an artistic, ca- right. artistic Kramer. Right. He's just like capable of kind of pulling anything off. So I think it actually would stand to reason that any uh, like indie thing I'm into <laughs> is is just Miles. Um, but uh, there's there's an account I love uh, called Band Memes, and that is super popular that's just a bunch of memes about people like sucking a guitar and it's just like so right up my alley like i would be into it matt would be into it i feel like good musicians actually wouldn't like it but shitty musicians who have the mindset of i'm just gonna throw money at this problem instead of actually getting good at these instruments i'm just gonna buy more of them it's that type of account and that blew my mind because i was like this is a twitter or this is an instagram account that posts all these like funny relatable things that like you'll see and you'll be like oh my god i totally get that and then i realized that's just what memes are uh yep. so when i saw, saw camp good boy i was like this is like band memes except it's not about music uh, so it's just, just memes. It's memes yeah <laughs> so i guess that's that's the description of camp good boy 
Yeah, but you, you didn't describe the actual meme that that I shared. It was very funny. Oh, it was great. Um, it was uh, my mom. When are you gonna have some? <laughs> when are you gonna give me some grandchildren? Me, and then it was uh, what's that show called? Pawn Stars. Pawn Stars. The guy saying best I can do is podcast, <laughs> <laughs> which I assume people who follow meme accounts, I don't know, eighty percent have a podcast. I would assume so. Yeah. So that was. That was borderline pandering. Let's read some uh, recent uh, Camp Good Boy memes. Boy, they owe us for this one. How many followers do they have? They have 15.8 followers. 15.8 thousand followers. I, I do that in my sleep. Really? That was, yeah. uh, that was, that's way more than they had like a few weeks ago when, when we shared. That's because we share. Right. That's because yeah. like it gets the Shane share. That gets it into our world. It gets the, the, the deed share doesn't mean anything. I don't know what your Twitter follow or your Instagram following is like. Um, but it I'm got sure some. I, I think was, like we got different eyes on it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that this this account was like under a thousand followers when I shared this. We were so when it's uh, Instagram wrapped at the end of the year, we're going to get an alert <laughs> that's like you were in on the ground floor of Camp Good Boy. Uh, let's read some. Okay, so this says this is who comes down the chimney. <laughs> when, Oh, good meme. Are you are you seeing this? No. The most recent. Oh, camp yeah, 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 It yeah. says, this is who comes <laughs> down the chimney when you leave out pieces of shit instead of milk and cookies. And it's <laughs> Shooter McGavin <laughs> doing the shooter when he's got <laughs> both thumbs pointing at himself. Because he famously eats suggested shit for breakfast. that he eats pieces of shit for breakfast. Let's do another random one. Let's just scroll through. Let's find one. Uh, this one is not funny. I'm going to skip that one. This one has... You won't get this. It's uh, Beth Harmon playing uh, Guess Who. You know what Guess Who is. I sure do, and I know But you'll Beth be Harmon damned. Is. You'll be damned if you fucking know who Beth Harmon is. I, did, I do know now, because enough people won't shut the fuck up about it that I know who that is. Oh, dude. I've so experienced... That, that's... I was going to say that's how I am with Star Wars... But I legitimately like, do not know things about Star Wars. But it's, it is so weird. We've definitely talked about this a hundred times. The phenomenon of when you are out on something, it's not part of your life, but it's such a big part of everybody else's life that like, you know, you know the quotes from it and yep. you know, you even know like the, like the dynamic between certain characters. Like I am that people text in right now. If you don't watch a teacher you probably understand a teacher so well. That's not true. You probably don't understand it well because of us. We only we exclusively talk <laughs> about like I would like to the imagine. I'd like to imagine that the, I like to imagine that anybody who like listens to the podcast and talks about a teacher or like listens to this podcast and doesn't watch a teacher is like, oh yeah, that show about the guy's band. I think people are invested in it. I, I, I'm wrong again. I was going to say I feel like people are invested in a teacher even if they don't watch it because of us, but the bare minimum of being invested in something, especially if it's a consumable product would be consuming it. You could, you just popped on a Texas hat. Speaking yeah. of a teacher, does that mean it's teacher time? <laughs> yeah, basically I should do that. It's time to put on my teacher hat. Uh, I feel like your cue, like stop fucking talking about the memes. I'm okay. The, 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 are you seeing it? The hat is on teacher time. Teacher no, time. what actually just happened was that uh, I remember that we uh, we're, we're getting into the video game. We're getting back to the video game and my hair looks like absolute dog shit right now. And so I just had a hat right behind me and I was like, I'll pop this baby on. You're just getting to 
just in case we do a video from this episode. Oh, I'm so stupid. I thought you were saying like, we're about to play a video game. I was like, you surprise me all the time. I'd, I'd love to play a video game, which, uh, you, how do I turn on these controllers? Um, yeah, we, we do want to get back into the, the, the video game. It'd be silly of us not to. And our, we, we were pretty confident our shows have been uh, good of late. So we want to we wanna share that with, uh, with y'all. It is kind of... I, I was going to just explain that like doing things takes work and time. I'm going to say like it does like take work to put together a video, but we're figuring it out. I was glad that we did a video version of... Um, Folkmost. The, the Folkmost. That episode, man. Is this our first episode since that yeah, episode? Sure that was such a fucking fun time, man. Talk Always with, is when you bring in fights. Talking with Feidelberg is never a disappointment. That's I would never say it to his face. But <laughs> um, the I'll tell you, I, I I've been like fully in on Ivy over the past like week or so. Oh, it's like, cool! It's like the only song that I care about on that that album at this point. I was gonna say, is that the one that's uh, closure? Because if it isn't, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> Locked in. I know I I'm uh I really locked in on and by this I mean I don't think I've even listened to these songs once since we talked about it but um closure and uh tis the damn season tis the damn season is the one I have stuck in my head the most or like hum around uh the the home front but I would say that those two are probably like the my one and one two at this point yeah, Dorothea, I think I'll put on playlists for a while, which is, um, I, I, I think that that's just, uh, if I'm being consistent, a, a good sign of whether or not I like a Taylor Swift song. Because I was adamant with, uh, with Folkmore, Folklore, with Folklore, that, uh, that, that we weren't going to be playing that song, that album in a week, two, three, four. And have I. You, have you changed your tune on that or no? No, I don't I listen, listen to that to album. It, I still listen to it quite a bit. But you, I, you, you think you like have to concede that other people are listening to that album still? Sure. I and I knew that it was kind of a losing battle because even it's all relative. Like I don't know what her streams were for past albums in certain uh, time frames. But no matter what happened, fo- folklore could have been the most offensive, horrible thing in the world. And one week later, you'd be like, okay, six billion streams for each song. And you have no way of telling it. Did people like it? Are they still listening to it? It's just, it's Taylor Swift. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'm still going to stand where I am, but I I think that um, folk, God damn it, you like totally can like muddled my brain i breathed my of, half a beer into the microphone <laughs> no you've not, you're no you, you've you, no you've muddled the the album names in my head by screwing them up so oh, like, definitely purposely definitely I, I was just about to call it folk most or folk more uh no i think that evermore is uh i still think that it's worse but it's uh it's better than i first gave it credit for i think Cool. Did you, uh, speaking of Taylor Swift, did you see Jack Antonoff's epic tweet the other day? No. Oh, God. It was, uh, this should be uh, on uh, um, a meme page. We should do, uh, we should make a meme page that's just screenshots of Jack Antonoff tweets. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, all all of them would just be like, this weekend we're going to live. It's always stupid stuff like that. Love you, Jack. Should have just kept doing fun. Uh, But his tweet was, John Lennon was 40 years old oh, when he yeah. died. I gave that a quote tweet with, I. 
did you know that that uh, that Jack Antonoff John Lennon was forty <laughs> years old when he died? Did you know that Jack Antonoff only produced one song on uh, Evermore? I did notice he was a bit more removed on this one, and it was uh, it was Gold Rush, correct? It was Champagne Problems. Oh wow! So I wanted to say this, and I bit my tongue on it. I believe. I think. Okay. No, 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 no. Uh, William Bowery wrote. Uh, had a writing credit on Champagne Problems. Jack Antonoff. Oh, that's because it sounded like it was written by a second grader. <laughs> yes, William exactly. Bowery, we now know, is in second grade. This is real IRL, a teacher. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's. Uh, I think that I think you're right. I think Antonoff did Gold Rush. So, I've been my tongue on this. A lot of, and by a lot, it means maybe like two or three people. Feidelberg included had a very overwhelmed by the Antonoff reaction to gold rush. And I don't know if maybe I'm like, I'm becoming desensitized to Jack Antonoff, but that song did not strike me as particularly me me either Antonoffy. But I was, I just, I was like, I've heard multiple people say this now. So I think it's a, I, th- I feel like it had this to, is a this is a thing that I'm just not experiencing. I I feel like it had the opposite effect because that song kicked in and I was like, ooh, I've, this is neat and different, and I feel like I haven't haven't really heard this before. Whereas like everything else that Antonov does, I'm like, oh, <laughs> <this is> fucking <laughs> Antonov, yeah, right. Just fucking stacked ten NPCs on top of each other and then lit a match. There's <laughs> just a bunch of snare sounds like sparking as electronics break and it's just like <laughs> that's 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 my loving impression of jack antonoff did you do the uh did you do the fun challenge by the way uh i did a like a one song okay well i mean you at least got started so i i offered this challenge to people if you're allowed to do it in your state you can do it with pot or a drink or something put on aim and ignite by fun Listen to say the first three songs and just kind of think about just just ask yourself, what would the world be like if this was still happening? Because Jack Antonoff would have been doing this, would have had less time, if maybe no time at all, to do Taylor Swift stuff. Taylor Swift's music would probably be different. This was he got involved with Taylor Swift around the time that she was working heavily with Max Martin and Shellback. So Pete, I think that probably would have been a win for you. You'd have more 1989 yep. red type stuff. And yep. meanwhile, I. Nate would be crushing it. People would still care about Nate. Oh, yeah, Nate. Yo, what's up? Do you know what's That's up? That's what I'm saying. Nate had like nothing. Nate, nothing that I know of. I, he did that Eminem song. That's right. Was, uh, headlights. How did that yeah. song go? I just remember. How that, does that guy. How does that guy like have the best voice in the world? There's got to be a like, JC Shazay thing in there. And I hate, and I, I, I say JC Shazay with this. I have this assumption that JC Shazay must be a bad dude, which is a terrible assumption for me to make about somebody, but I can't figure out why JC Shazay wasn't a star after NSYNC. I can, I can tell you why I can tell you. It's because immediately after Insync ended, JC Shazay was like, I'm "Oh yeah, he got weird songs about fucking." <laughs> yeah, true, like, that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna true. make songs about weird sex, and like he was trying to break away from the Insync mold so hard that it was so uncomfortable. 
like at such a rapid pace and everybody was like, ew, no, go away. Pete, I don't know what's wrong with you, but I found nothing uncomfortable about the lyrics. She was, uh, 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 blow me up with her love. Do you remember that? Because it was like she was like disco lights on a Friday night. And then it was uh, she was this. She was that. And then eventually he was like, you know what? Fuck words. Let's do some <laughs> some really. Moan would be wrong. A lot like gruntier. <laughs> and I think that like of the sex sounds. Verbal to, thrusts. Right. Like, yeah, like of the sex sounds, uh, sounds to insert into songs. I think like a lot have been. I don't know, I think like like moans have historically been the the safe play that everyone's kind of accepted like okay you want to throw moans into song whatever the grunt a grunt in a song is tough I think yeah it's not it's not uh it's not pleasing for the ears maybe a reason anything. right you're not going to like but eat I can't imagine out a grunt <laughs> I can't imagine Nate what, how do you say his last name Roos? Roos? Can't Roos. imagine Nate Roos being like, all right, fun's over. I'm going to make songs about fucking. <laughs> Super unique voice. Great front man. Uh, seemed, again, I, I project so much with musicians. I don't know why I do this, but he seemed like uppity, but in like the way you want your front man to be uppity. You know what I would say about Nate Roos? Roos. 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 Royce. Nate Royce. Uh, <laughs> You know, you know how in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, the Paul Rudd's character says, hey, Peter, there's some pain behind those eyes. I would say that there's some pain behind Nate's voice. Yo, for real. And behind those eyes. He's got the eyes. Uh, shout out John Mulaney. Prayers up. Uh, wishing the best for him. Nate Roos has the eyes that John Mulaney talks about himself having in New in Town, where he says he looks like... Uh, what did he say? He looks like somebody aged a photo of a younger version of himself. Yeah. He always had like, let me, let me pull this up. I could be making this up. Wow. No, Nate, you're, you're correct. Does he have like, like tired eyes? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Well, it, doesn't he, he say looks a lot worse than I, than I remember him looking. He says in why am I the one? Is it? Why am I the one where he says, and I just want to get some sleep. Maybe that was maybe, Oh my God. There's this, I'm, I'm looking at some rough pictures, but yeah, I'm looking at great pictures a, too. Right. So that's the thing. Like he is uh very hot or cold. Right. Right. I was going to say he has an incredible smile that I didn't remember him having. He looks really rough in certain pictures and then like really great in others. But to your point, what a voice. I mean, his yeah. voice was like, I always considered his voice to be like, um, I know nothing about guns, but don't they say shotguns have, a big spread. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like you shoot uh, bill Burr says this in a bit where someone's trying to sell him a gun where he says like, you just shoot like anywhere in the vicinity of this thing and it's going to take care of it. That's what Nate Roos is like. He's got this like incredible, crazy range. I don't know if he has the best control over his voice. <laughs> so he just kind of fucking lets it fly. To. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. What matters is that he's up there. And that he's going with full force. I, yeah. you're not going to find me saying many bad things about fun, other than that I'm. I think that they're stupid for having stopped. I think that it was stupid for Nate Roos to do a solo album that early. I think that I I, I can't call Jack Antonoff dumb 
for Juan to do what he's doing. I mean, he is. Yeah, but it's he's getting the that, most like, out of. It's what weird he's that got. they did, they that they did this thing and like everybody loved it and it was a commercial success and then they were just like nah totally totally so <laughs> the, the first album Aim and Ignite is this like really cool um, I hate to use this term because people just use it whenever it's whenever it's anything clever uh, but this like baroque sound and it was just a, a great pop album and it, indie darlings. And the second album, they're like, okay, we're giving you Jeff Basker, who was as hot as hot got. He was coming off of My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. He was working with Beyonce. They made We Are Young. And that ended up being like the model for pop music for the next like three or four years. Matchbox 20 was trying to make songs that sounded like that. Like this sound of um, no cymbals, which sounds really stupid, but like, there was a time, a time period because of, I say because of fun where pop music was just like a lot of like, like that kind of stuff instead of working in cymbals and hi-hats and everything. And you don't notice it unless you look for it, but like listen to music from around then. And you'll find that like, that that was just like the sound that's that there's a section in a matchbox 20 song called she's so mean. It wasn't produced by any of those guys, but it was so clear that they were like, this is just, what music probably sounds like right now. So point being first album, Indie Darlings, second album. I don't know. We are young had to have won like Grammys. I think. Yeah, it had to have. That was, that a, song that, was a smash, right? That was an inescapable song in commercials. Huge. And let's that, that other one too. I was going to say, let me run down the some nights uh, track list. Some nights it, itself was a fucking absolute smash as well. Right. So, some nights has uh some nights intro which is uh, a very epic song some nights smash it we are young like global mega forever smash it carry on smash it on yeah uh it's one foot in front of the other is that in i love that song that song actually i think is the only song on the album to feature symbols but uh it gets better was a really bad song, but I think it had a good message. Um, Why am I the one? I don't know if that was a single, but that's a great song. Um, employs a tempo change, which I'm a big fan of. Do you know the song All Alone? No. By Fun? No. Oh my God. That song is so freaking cool. It is. You hear it and you're like, this sounds like the guy who produces Kanye made a song with the band that, that uh, the fun guys. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like all the people who made the song worked together. It's crazy. <laughs> it sounded like a collaborative effort between uh, multiple musicians. Um, do you know one, who that? Go ahead. Do you know who is a great song? Yeah, yeah. Do you know who Nate uh, is married to? He was. I know that he had a relationship with uh, Rachel Antonoff. Ah, uh, no. Uh, but a famous sibling as well, Charlotte Ronson. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, a little update. We Are Young won the Grammy Award for Song of the Year. It received four other Grammy nominations, two for We Are Young and two for the album itself. I mean, I cannot stress enough that Fun put out two great albums. And I, th- I think that people kind of wanted to knock Fun after, like a little after um, We Are Young came out. 
people quickly latched on to, all right, like these guys are, I don't know, who's like a, these guys are like Fall Out Boy or something. Like this really popular rock band that we're just, that if you're cool, you can't be in on. And I was, I pushed so hard against that. You know what? Well, you know what? I, they kind of got like Imagine Dragons where like they got so overexposed and they were in every commercial. Great call. And that like people were just kind of got sick of them and overexposed to them. But but it's wrong. I mean, yeah, you, like you they put out good music. Right. It's the, yeah, it's not my fucking problem that they got a bunch of sync requests and they like money. So they just took them all. So every time you watch TV, you heard We Are Young a thousand times. Those guys put out two great albums. So, again, I don't know why I mentioned uh, if, if you want to have a drink or whatever during it. But do the fun challenge. Just put on. Th- th- these are the, the rules to the fun challenge. It's simply listen to Aim and Ignite and let me know. Think about it. Wouldn't the world, would, would the world maybe be a better place? Knowing that they went from that to Some Nights, which was a great album massive success don't you want to hear maybe a third fourth album by those guys the other possibility though and it's silly to not consider this maybe those guys just didn't like each other yeah I would. Have but to even so that. like tough it out dude you guys yeah like they, they weren't together long enough to be like okay i fucking had it with you guys although i've spent like 30 minutes with Jack Antonoff via the Taylor Swift uh, <laughs> studio sessions. And I had enough of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I watched him play music for like 20 minutes. and I was very uncomfortable. And I was like, oh, this guy gives me the creeps. I've been on a uh, David Foster kick of late. You know, who David Foster is. Yes. Uh, he. I, I, I love him because I find him kind of and this, this is maybe the case with a lot of producers. Like I find him comically self-important. Like he, he wants you to know that he's David fucking Foster and he made those hits. Okay. So like if you, if, if he wants you to know, like, Hey, if I ever go missing, check the top of the charts. Is David Foster the guy that, uh, that we had the conversation with, uh, what's his name about? Paul Samuel Dolman. Paul Samuel Dolman. Interned. Did he intern for David Foster? Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, he like idolized him and then he met him at the studio. Yeah, and he had... Uh, and he called him for some reason. Yeah, what a cool little anecdote. I remember he said uh, he went and visited him in the studio. Because, right, because David Foster was like, hey, if you ever need anything, here's my number or whatever. Yeah. So he took him up on it. And then I love retelling stories that we you may misremember because I am going to lean so hard into every detail of this <laughs> and embellish the shit of it. So, uh, so like, I don't know, like 15 years have gone by. They had met before David Foster had even picked up an instrument. They were just, they were childhood uh, friends. That's Uh, not true. (laughs) Paul used to beat up David. Uh, (laughs) And years later, uh, David said, it was like a a Kingsman type of thing. He was like, hey, if you're ever in any trouble, this is the number to call. So years later, Paul calls it, winds up visiting David Foster at this fancy schmancy studio Turns out David started playing the piano and David was good. Started working with some real stars making hits. So this will be the only part of the story that's actually true, if I remember correctly. Then Paul says to David, hey, so what are you working on? He said, oh, uh, 
you know, I'm just uh, I'm doing some stuff right now with uh, Shaka Khan, Peter Cetera, Whitney Houston. Probably this had to have been uh, post. Actually, I don't know. No, this would have been pre. I will always love you. But anyway, he said, you know, I'm just working with Shaka Khan, Peter Cetera, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, whoever he was working with at the time. And then Paul says, as only Paul could. Do you remember what he said? No. He said, wow, anyone I might have heard of? (laughs) (laughs) And David said, you're fucking talk to me like that again. (laughs) And they have never spoken. (laughs) Listen, I was playing nice pal, but who the fuck are you? They then beat the shit out of each other. (laughs) And Paul Samuel Doman was never heard from again. Then Paul Samuel Dolman wrote an expose about David David Foster entitled Hitchhiking with Larry David, The Truth Fuck About David you. Foster. Yeah. <laughs> Hitchhiking with Larry David. How okay. Larry David buried David Foster's body on Martha's Vineyard. Hitchhiking with Larry David. How... Larry, da- how, how? No, okay, checking with Larry David. I didn't kill David Foster, but if I did, here's how I would have done it. <laughs> Hitchhiking with Larry David, the truth behind who wrote those songs in parentheses. Look, I know the title's suggesting maybe it might have been Larry David. You're going to have to read. That'd be if there was like a grabby, if there was a book that lightly suggested that Larry David had an involvement with the hits of the eighties and like early nineties, I'd be, even if I'm like, there's no chance Larry David, like it just didn't match up time wise. Larry David can't have a musical bone in his body. I'd read that book. I'd read like a, basically any book attached to, to Larry David's slight involvement. I mean, I did. It was called hitchhiking with Larry David. That's right. That was a selling point. Right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'd love that book. We should get Paul back on. We should have Paul back on. To uh, just be like, hey, uh, we're a little rusty on your David Foster story. Could you please tell us that story? And be like, you can't just go back and listen to that episode. Like, I don't think it made the edit. You ran a little long. <laughs> we should be like, we should be like, we have more questions of uh, an interview that probably happened what, like eight, like ten months ago at this point. Okay, we had some more questions. It was right before the pandemic. We were very hot on Martha's Vineyard. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but uh, (laughs) there was a period where we were extremely hot on. Still are. Just it's to the back burner. That's true. That's true. I mean, Vineyard Nights gave it a a a kind of second life, maybe. But we didn't. uh, I feel like nobody actually cared about vineyard nights no uh that's true but uh nobody actually cared about like the vineyard the, connection right exactly the vineyard connection it was no. i was uh texting with gary streisky about this the other day because he let me know that vineyard nights made his uh spotify wrapped which i thought was that's very cool very cool that's great yo i mean there's everybody was nice when uh when vineyard nights happen but there were a select few who were like who legitimately i i took i had the impression that like they really fucking liked it gary streisky was on that shortlist which was uh 
Very cool. But we were you talking put it in the sports center Snapchat. That's right. Yeah. That's incredible. The, you know, Gary Streisky's on one right now too. I, I don't, I do not have Snapchat. Don't know what Snapchat is, but I, I'm glad that Gary posts a lot of his stuff on Instagram because he's the best. Uh, we were actually talking about hair products and shit like that. He's so the good. The surprising thing of all time. Oh yeah. It's, it, we didn't overlap well enough in, with his time in Boston, but I guarantee you, if he was here long term, Gary Streisky and I would have been thick as thieves. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, he would be a good uh, he'd be a good brunch guest for like a sequel on how to how to keep a home. Oh yeah, well because he keeps like fourteen. He keeps homes. like nine homes. <laughs> that guy keeps homes, and he like he, he must not have hobbies. Like he must not watch a ton of TV or like play video games because every time I go He's to productive Gary man, every time I go to Gary Streisky's Instagram story, he is undertaking a massive home improvement project by himself that, by himself that like he's teaching himself shit. He's like buying all the supplies. He's, he is literally like a one man band of learning how to do a home improvement projects. And that shit must be exhausting. Oh yeah. He is really the exception of, I don't know. I like learning things, but I like learning things in the, Hey, I want to make this thing on Photoshop. So I'm going to need, so in making this thing on Photoshop, I'm going to pick up a couple of Photoshop skills. That's my idea of like picking up skills. And, and, and like the way that I do it is I'll, I'll look up a three minute YouTube video and I'll fast forward 15, through it. You watch 15 skip. seconds total. Yes. That's the rest. Like, It'll take way it, longer. You're right. Yeah. And if I don't find anything in those 15 seconds, then I give up on learning that thing. Gary Streisky is out here learning like every step of putting like a backyard patio together. And I, I think our parents and their parents, you just learned how to do that stuff. Maybe you, it wasn't your biggest. And I remember thinking as a kid, I was like, you know what? My dad's really handy and he really seems to to like doing that, which now, now I'd have to talk to him about it. Like no offense, but I don't know. Maybe when you get older and you have kids and you have a job and you have a million things, like maybe doing something that isn't the stuff you're always doing just feels healthy. Fun. Yeah. You know, like makes your, it, 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 it's probably good for the, the mind, the soul and everything. So I, I can see why, why parents and people who have a lot of responsibilities might act, might like to mow the lawn or do any of these things. But I remember thinking as a kid, I was like, yeah, like I definitely know I'm just like a generally different cat, but like, I don't see myself getting older and one and like wanting to know how to put things together and take them apart and everything. I had a, uh, my smoke detectors slash carbon monoxide uh, things were going fucking bonkers the other day and they just wouldn't stop and the only way to make them stop was to go phoebe and shout out phoebe bridges popularity that when i just said phoebe i felt i should clarify phoebe buffet mm. because phoebe bridges might have surpassed phoebe buffet in the phoebe yeah popularity rankings yeah anyway yeah i think like phoebe buffet was like the only famous phoebe for a while other than phoebe the the vampire slayer that's right and then phoebe rogers came around and hold on 
Our mics are fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) And then... And then Phoebe Rogers came out and uh, made all of her lovely songs. My point was, I don't know how... Oh, the only way I could make it stop was just unplug everything, get it all out of there. And then it was like three hours later that I was like, I'm not smelling smoke. But does... it is Carbon monoxide must be odorless or... It's literally called the silent killer. Right. So that, that like that's how out of that's how out on the carbon monoxide game I was. I was like, ah, so I actually do, so this actually does matter. Like I can't just continue to live my life without these things because maybe it's the uh maybe it's the the, the silent killer. So I looked up like Also, I don't know if that makes sense. I, I don't know. It, what do you mean? The, like it, it wasn't going it, to be it, noisy. Is it, is it called? Yeah, is it called the Silent Killer? I mean, it, it's. I think it's. It's undetectable to the naked eye, nose, ears. I said that whatever. so confidently, but I don't think it's true. I, not, I like, know the that, more I think about it, it's. It doesn't really make sense for it to be called the Silent well, Killer. Well, Toby calls. Uh, Toby, when he's got the radon test kits, he's calling them Silent Killers. I don't know what he's talking about there, but that's my point. I feel like generations past fucking know what to do in that case and know how to go about it. I had to Google like what happens, how to tell if maybe you're getting some carbon monoxide poisoning. And it was like, do you feel bad? And I was like, what kind of fucking question is that? What is this? WebMD? You have cancer. Right. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting nowhere with this. So uh, it is called the silent killer. Because it is colorless, odorless, tasteless, and non-irritating. Literally, none of those things have to do with noise. Right. That's that's <laughs> why I don't get about the silent killer name. Yeah. It would be, be a lot it'd be, easier. It'd be the invisible killer. Right. It would be a lot easier if carbon monoxide were colorless, odorless, tasteless, tasteless and non-irritating it was like, killer. <laughs> like, you hear that? Is that carbon monoxide? All right, let's go outside. And then, even then I wouldn't know what to do. I should be like, hey, there's carbon monoxide in there. My guitars and shit are in there. <laughs> are they going to be okay? <laughs> that's so sad. So that that's like classic band memes. First thing I think, I got you carbon think, monoxide in the home. I'm do you like, think carbon monoxide is struggling with the pandemic with how many people are wearing masks? Oh, I don't know. People make up stuff about, maybe they're not making it up, but people go on about, you're not supposed to wear a mask because then you breathe your own carbon. Like I think people say, like you breathe your own carbon monoxide. I'm like, I don't think humans create carbon monoxide. I don't think so. No, it's a silent killer. I mean, you never, you never know when it's going to show up. Not to be, not to be too dark, but like Midsommar, right? Oh yeah, that was big time, big time carbon right. monoxide movie. Right. She used a a car there. Yep. It wasn't like, you don't like rub your hands together and <laughs> no, you don't conjure carbon monoxide. Right. Although honestly, you buy it in a store in that movie. You never know, which will finally bring us to teacher talk because heavy midsummer vibes in this one. Oh yeah. The woman that they meet in the bar, uh, in, uh, this episode of a teacher, 
may as well have just won the May Queen competition. Yeah, they're wearing flowery crowns. And were you distracted when they kept taking shots? No. Why? I was quite worried for Eric. Oh, that they that he was going to be drugged. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was like, kind of. I mean. Uh, that'd be cool. It'd be a cool twist to uh, the teacher universe to have like all like those visual effects after Eric gets fucked up on whatever potion they give him. Yeah. What restraint on our part <clears throat> that we've yet to talk about. Not restraint, just I guess typical sloppiness is a better <laughs> word that we have not talked about the biggest development in our world. I don't know. Maybe of 2020 in the world. In 2020, we wondered last week, are we done seeing Matt? You brought it up. I was upset that you brought it up because I knew it was real. And I didn't want it. It seemed like one of those things that once you acknowledge it, you've already lost, you know, shut out. It's like, like if a relationship where you're like, Hey, is this, does this just not work? Like the second you're asking that question, you know, the answer. Mm -hmm. So when you're saying, are are we maybe not going to see Matt anymore? You're basically just writing Matt off the show. Not only did this episode have Matt, but the most excited I've ever been, Claire asked Matt how he was doing, which if we know Matt, guarantees he is about to say something about his band. Oh, yeah. We got a band update. They are recording an album. He didn't say if they were signed or anything. Yeah, I think no. he's, like, he's like, this sounded quite Vineyard Nights, to be honest. He was like, like no one's asking for it. We're just kind of doing it. Yeah, well, he, he literally his only, like, you know how when Michael Jordan returned uh, to the floor, he released that statement and it just said, I'm back. I'm back, yeah. Well, like Matt, Matt re- released a statement on behalf of his band. Do they have a name? We, they, we don't know that they have a name yet, do they? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. If they were to have a name, it would it would have been revealed in that episode that I'm not going back to watch because it gave me That's the biggest a, hives of all time. Never again. Uh, yeah. I don't think they do have a... Uh, I don't think they have a name, name yet, but if he was to release a, a statement on behalf of his nameless band, it would have just said, recording an album. Because that was literally the three words I put on the subtitles because I wanted to screenshot that, and it was just recording an album. It wasn't, the band is recording an album. It was just... Recording an, he could be recording a solo album. That's true. Recording an album. So why do I see? I see like a darkish picture with Times New Roman font. It says recording an album. That's like the. I don't know if this is like a documentary I'm envisioning or something. We were texting about it when we learned that the album was coming. Like, drop the studio footage, King. Give us get, something. Get, get him a Disney Plus deal. Get, gets right. Get, give me some sort of teaser. Some. I, I need something. But I don't know. There's now an outside chance that we will hear Matt's band music. Like, well, what if at the end of the final episode, which we have one episode left, there's a song playing in the end? And you're like, oh, I haven't heard this song before. Most of the songs in this, this has, I think they. They spent a decent amount on the sound on the soundtrack in uh, this show because yeah, they, they just gave a ton of money to LCD. Sound <laughs> right, right, right. They gave a lot of money to LCD Sound System. They broke off some for uh, Rostam. They've 
generally, I don't. I, they were not thrifty. We'll say like they they spent on on the show. So what if in the final episode there's a song playing, and you're like, what? I, I haven't heard the song before. I'm gonna have to look it up later. It's got kind of like a Wilco ish sound to it, and then it ends. They cut to they. It's them. It's the band playing the song, and that's the end of it. And we finally got to see the band. And then like at the end where it normally says like, if this show just fucking ruined your year, like we're so sorry. Here are the numbers to, to call and everything. Like this is a very serious thing. They obviously show that, but then also it's like, you wanted it. You got it. We gave you the band by tomorrow's band camp Friday. Tomorrow's band camp Friday. They're doctors, but if you want to, if you want to make it so, all the proceeds go right to them. So, I mean, great news there. And I, I'm, po- I'm pretty positive Matt's band doesn't have a name because we were talking about making uh, T-shirts that just say Matt's band. Yeah. Yep, Which that's yep. one where I'm like, I don't care about the listeners. That one's for, we're making that one so that, I can that buy one's, it. That, That's for me. Right. <laughs> this one's for me. What if we, he said The way we do merch now. is like five for us, one for you. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the for us. He's dating now. He said he's like I'm doing a lot of dating. Did he? What if it? Yeah, he said I legitimately that. passed out once he said he, we're recording he was like, an album. He, I, think, I think he said recording an album, doing a lot of dating. The happiest that I could be, I guess. So what if his band's well, that's da- not band name was uh, Doctor Raw Dog? What if? Okay, we don't need <laughs> that. Um, I'm just trying to so spitball uh, Doctor right. Doctor Blank Dog. <laughs> it's the only thing that I can get out of my head. Uh, this was you. You noted very good, very a lot going on episode of a teacher. We were both alarmed by one thing early on, which is a recurring theme on this show. Uh, this show is obviously and hopefully a very strong deterrent to never take part in a relationship like that. Because in addition to the the moral consequences and psychological damage, apparently every sexual partner you have for the rest of your life is going to bring it up during sex. Yeah, just like out of nowhere. It happened again. It was. Uh, it was. Does it happened to first Eric? time was with Eric. Yeah, uh, which. That one is like is pretty believable because it was just like a college girl, right? Like and, they're they're dumb kids, right? And then she like later apologized. This one, like, it's Claire on a date, who seemingly with like a very nice gentlemanly guy, who brings brings her back to his apartment, and they're having sex, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's like. He's he like makes it seem like I very clearly know who you are. It's like you're the teacher slut. Yeah, he was like, I couldn't believe it when I looked you up. Oh my god, you disgust me. You had sex with that boy, and I'm like, oh. it's like if that as if he's having like sex turns with turns you on, right? Like that might make him more fucked up than her. Oh, I mean, I, he's I, like using it for sexual gratification. Right. He was definitely getting off on yeah. that on the fact that she had that relationship and very weird. I mean, she very uncomfortable, but she's in such a self loathing place where 
She like she's like she right right right. She's like like tell me how bad I am. And there's another scene later where she goes back and she like it's this, like this show needed right. Involved. This show needed extra warnings. I mean, thankfully this show begins and ends with warnings. Um, I did notice when I watched this one that they it, it gave the old uh, violence tag, and I oh, was like, really? I, and I was like, huh, huh, wonder what happens. Like I figure, like maybe Eric gets his ass kicked or something, right? And nope, nope, oh. just Claire getting slapped around. Just a very uncomfortable episode. Uh, but I would say, like outside of that first scene where that happens out of nowhere. This one wasn't the the typical like a teacher brand of uncomfortableness. Right. It was like a very good, enjoyable episode where like I think the stories move on and like you said, a lot's happening. But I I think that like this was probably the best episode of the series so far. Yeah, I, and it's definitely more of a peek into how each of them tick because obviously they they did that and they're dealing with the consequences, but like how they tick now that they have a little distance from it mm-hmm. is, I mean, like you, you learn a lot about Claire and obviously she hates herself. That's very apparent, but um, she hates her father and she's staying with him and trying to reconcile. And I like, this is a really challenging thing for the show to have tackled, but I think very realistic her father is an addict. Her father is an alcoholic who... A recovering uh, addict. Yeah. Right, right. Who was not a uh, a good father, was uh, was obviously drinking throughout her childhood. She had a horrible childhood because of him, has since uh, gotten on the straight and narrow and has been helping people and is seen by a lot of people in this second life of his as being a really, really like heroic helpful guy like so many people are thankful for all that he's done for them but she she doesn't buy it and she still hates him for that and and not only does she hate him but she's a colossal asshole she's such an ass she's horrible to him but he's like the one person in her life that is nice to her at this point in time and like obviously he's fucked up in his past but like she cannot let it go which is wild because like she's clearly fucked up in her life and like trying to get back on track. So for her to be an asshole to the one person who's actually being nice to her is incredibly difficult to watch. But I think that they show something that's, that's real. I I think that probably even well-intentioned people and uh, obviously Claire is a, a more difficult character to nail down. Like, is she a well-intentioned character at this point? Is she well-intentioned here or here? Obviously she's for lack of a better term, a, a disaster throughout the, the whole show. But I think well-intentioned people, like people who want people to get better and want people to, to move on with their lives. If they were hurt by a person who has gotten better, they still they probably have a, they still probably have a tough time reconciling, the things that they did, you know, like I, 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 the people who had those bad experiences are going to still carry those experiences. So even if 
Yeah, I guess that's true. Like that that's the association that those that that person right, will right. have with the person. So like for us, we're watching the show and like we're happy for this guy and we can clearly see that this is a really good dude. But those bad experiences are going to be <clears throat> with Claire forever and unfortunately him getting better doesn't solve her her childhood. Yeah. I'm not saying that he's a bad guy or anything, but I'm I'm saying that like I think that's probably realistic. I don't personally have experience with that, but I could certainly see how people who were yeah, hurt but like by at the same time when he's the only person who's like actively trying to help you and get you back on your feet. Oh yeah, like, and fuck you. It's just the, like such an asshole. Yeah, I mean, the the show just illustrates that Claire could not be more lost. Yeah. Which is nuts because I think that she thought that she was super lost in the beginning of the show and like that she had to do something to not be in this life that she didn't want and just ended up going so freaking far off the deep end. Um, but I, I agree with you. Very good episode. There's one left and hopefully lots of Matt songs. Give us the band. Give us just the, the like. I don't even know know the other guys' names. Like, what is that? Like, does Matt sing? Do you think Matt yeah, sings? I don't know. Yeah, I would imagine so. Like, he seems very. He has frontman energy. He's got some. He's got some stuff to write about. That's that's very true. There's some pain behind those eyes. <laughs> some pain behind those strings. Right. Yeah, pain behind those strings. I like that. Um, we also promised. The conclusion of Happiest Season Season. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, so did I kind of. Finally watched it, finished it. Uh, good movie. Let me see. Do I even have notes about this? Um, where did we leave off? We left off that she had joined the family. She being Kristen Stewart joined the family of... Mackenzie Davis. Mackenzie Davis. I'm so freaking bad with names. Um, and that that family sucks, and they're the worst. And Mackenzie Davis's family is trying to force her prom date on her. Right? They're trying to make her get back together with her prom date. Either her prom date or like her high school boyfriend or right. something. One of those. Who I, is it? It was definitely a boyfriend because he's like, "Why did you end things with me?" Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, and. Mackenzie Davis is kind of like going along with it, see, maybe to appease her parents and maybe to like to placate her parents, but also like, but like she also takes it too far herself. Yeah, like your girlfriend is here the whole time, you idiot. Like Mackenzie Davis is kind of being an asshole in this movie. Yeah, she there was like there was like one scene where she like she wasn't she didn't spend the entire day with with uh, um, Kristen Stewart. Yeah, right. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't spend the entire day with her. Uh, and then like, she's like, Oh, come meet me at this bar. And then the Kristen Stewart's like, uh, all right, I, I just want to go home. She's like, I want to stay out a few more hours. Like, well, you guys haven't been together the entire day. And now she's going home alone and you're hanging out with your ex-boyfriend. Right. So like, fucked up. You had told me to watch out for, uh, Aubrey Plaza's character mm-hmm. and agree. You said she was a great character. It was refreshing to see a different role out of Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza plays Mackenzie Davis's best friend 
slash maybe initial love interest growing up? Is that definitely the initial, definitely initial love interest? They make that very clear. So th- she's around a lot because they're family friends. So she just hangs out with Kristen Stewart the whole time. So yeah, and like and it was like at, by the end of that movie, I was like I was shipping Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza. Yes, but like, yes. But like at the same time, I know like I was expecting it to happen, but at the same time, like. I wish that they ended up together, but I'm glad they didn't because that there's always like that, like that weirdness to being like, like, especially in movies where like, like if the character's gay, they have to be attracted to the other gay character. Oh, right, you know what right. I'm saying? Like, like there's, there's plenty of reason why like they could just be like platonically friends. Right. And they, they genuinely seems to be like there, there weren't right. there. They weren't throwing much. Like there wasn't a uh, Pele, uh, what's her name? Why am I so fucking bad with names? What happened to me, man? Carbon monoxide. Um, uh, Midsomar. I'm so removed. Fuck that I don't remember her name. Yo, this is incredible. Midsomar has uh, has passed us by. All right, let's see. It has Mark is played by Will Poulter. Yep. Uh, Christian is played by. I don't remember the actor from uh, Jack something. Jack Rayner plays yeah, Christian. Yeah. May Queen in Midsommar. Oh, listeners are going crazy right now. Midsommar main character is. Oh, damn. Damn. Okay. I Let's looked see. it up. Okay. I'm going to. I'm going to really think on this one um she's from colorado right yeah midsomar is this gonna help you may queen colorado yeah well what what do they call people there she's may queen she's jack rayner who plays beth in little women Dayton Zach Braff. Dayton Zach Braff. He plays John Dorian in Scrubs. I feel like the shins are usually in the mix when he's around. Uh, 1-800-CALL-TER. Great, great, great number. Uh, Pickles, back. Pickles. No, pickle, back. Pickle, is that it? Do you remember that part? No. When Carla uh, returns from maternity leave. Oh, that's it. Uh, when Carla returns from maternity leave, it's like the whole hospital, uh, JD's like, okay, now everybody. And they go, it's three groups of people. They go, back, pickle, back. And Turk's like, what the hell was that? JD was like, oh. It was supposed to be welcome back pickle. And he was like, why pickle? And JD's like, listen, David Foster, you son of a bitch. <laughs> no, JD's like, because if you call Carla pickle, then I can call your baby the little gherkin. I need this. <laughs> Jesus. That show is fucking awesome. Uh That'd be a great place to end. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's <laughs> that, was the, that was the conclusion of our happiest <laughs> yeah. season. Yes.